Welcome to Shutter Talk, the podcast for photographers by photographers, where we talk everything photography with your host, Justin. Stuck in a rut. Clients got you down. Just not feeling it. Maybe you've got way too many photos to edit. Well, we've all been there, whether we want to be or not. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about unleashing your creativity with personal photography projects. Welcome back to episode three. So today we are going to talk about something that I've become pretty passionate about, and that's personal projects. We get stuck in these ruts, whether it's a creative rut or whatever. And maybe the clients have got you down if you're doing this professionally or semi-pro. You've got emails to answer and accounting to attend with, and it really sucks the life out of our creativity. So you've always heard of writer's block, you know, where authors can't write. They're just stuck. Well, I think photographers have it too. It feels like every few years I get in this rut where I can't create an image that I truly love or I'm feeling creative, but I can't produce work that I'm happy with. And and it happens. And I think it every photographer is going to go through this at some point. And how do we get out of that? So let's talk about personal projects because I think these really break up the monotony of the everyday. I've been photographing XYZ way too long. So let's get into it. So what is a personal photography project? I mean, you can look at this at any way you want, but the way I look at it, it's choosing a subject to focus on and you're going to devote some time to inner and energy to photographing this, this subject. I've got about three projects that I should say any given moment or at the moment I'm working on. And I'll go through those here later in the episode and and kind of what I've learned and why I've gravitated towards some of these projects. So why personal photography projects? Well, it gives you something to focus on. Sometimes we get so focused on, you know, one subject for so long that we get burned out. And when we get burned out, we lose creativity. And I know that's what happens to me. I juggle a 40 an hour week job. Then I come home and I do my photography business. But sometimes I just need to create work and you do too for yourself. Nobody else but you. So when you have something to focus on, it's great. There are no strings attached to anything. And another thing, it's just a way to inspire yourself. You're going to get out here and hopefully this project you pick or whatever you decide to do is going to inspire you, which is going to reignite that creativity that you have lost. And I know that's what it's done for me. And the other awesome thing about a personal photography project is experimenting, trying new ideas. And about, I'd say three years ago, I was really stuck in a rut because I was tired of hearing people talk about gear. And always trying to chase the, you know, why isn't my photo sharp enough? And and I did the same thing. I'd look at something like I, I could pick my work apart. I am my own worst critic. I will pick things apart and this isn't sharp enough. Or man, what was if I would have shot this image a stop or two more so I got more depth of field? And Or maybe I should have shot it shallower. Maybe too much is in focus. And we get just, we I, I do it too. I gravitate and people gravitate to their work and pick it apart. And sometimes when you're just doing a project and you're experimenting, that's great. You're learning, you're trying a new idea or a thought process. And I started out with a project what I thought was something I'd never seen before, but obviously I had not done my research well enough, but it's called ICM. I don't really have a project name for it, but it's where I use slow shutter speeds with landscapes and no tripod, nothing. I'm not talking about the nice tack sharp stream with 
the bl- nice flowing water that turns silky smooth. I am talking, I am purposely whipping the cam around up and down different angles, different whatever to produce a blurry landscape image that it's pretty much abstract. And that's where I started with my first project. And it's, I wouldn't say more of a project now is just as a technique that I use when I get in that rut. And as we kind of go through this episode, I've kind of breaking things down to kind of helping you plan out this project. So let's talk now about what makes a good photo project. I think the biggest thing, and with any project, whether it's a work project or a home project, is you got to have that clear objective and know your final outcome. You know, example being, it can't be, I'm just going to photograph this red barn on the corner of 10th and 8th Avenue out in the middle of nowhere. You know, maybe it's photographing the red barn with the intent of creating a calendar for family or friends, or maybe for yourself. But I think in the end, coming up with this objective is make something tangible in the end where you have something to show for it. Maybe it's just creating a book. I, I know a couple of photographers who have done some really cool kind of personal projects on their own of, you know, whatever their theme was or example, you know, taking photos into a book format. And it's kind of one of those is you can put your images in there. You can flip through, you can touch them, you can share. That's the biggest thing is you can share all that hard work, the things you've learned and put it into this format that you can give to people. Maybe people might want to even buy it. Um, The other big thing, and I think what makes a good photo project is shoot something you're passionate about. Um, I'll talk more about this project here a little later, but I wanted to do something more with my next project after ICM. And it became Harvesting the Heartland, Stories of the Iowa Farmer. Now, this is a project that I'm pretty passionate about, and I have found other people that are truly as passionate as I am about this project. And a little backstory on this project is I photograph Iowa farm families, and then we're going to tell their stories. Now, my objective in the end is I want to kind of do twofold. I really want to do a book, you know, with the family story, their photos. So it all just meshes together that I can share these hardworking families story. And I'm very passionate about agriculture, especially in Iowa, because I've learned so much from these families. And I'm still learning as I go through my project on what Iowa farm families are doing. So, you know, it can be kind of an eye opening experience for you too. And the other thing that I would say trying to make a good project is put some type of learning goal in there. If you're still a learning photographer, I should say every photographer should be learning all the time, a new technique or, or something but set a learning goal and associate it with your project. Maybe five years ago, your significant other bought you this flash, you know, and you don't know how to run it. Pick a project and then go in and use your flash. Or maybe it's a piece of gear that you've had laying around or you just didn't get time to really use. Just make sure you're getting that clear objective, you know, shoot something you're passionate about and find some type of learning goal and go from there. I don't think there could be any bad project. We'll put it that way because we're still learning. We're still devoting time and passion because even if it's a project in the end, you weren't totally super excited about and all the results, we still learned something. We still had our passion. And I think passion is what's going to help bring back and ignite that rut you might be stuck in. As we're looking to kind of go through this process of creating your project, is how to make your project a success. There's so many things 
that I could talk about of making a successful project, but there's a couple things. I've already touched a little bit on passion, but if you're not passionate about something, you're not going to commit that time, that energy to say, okay, every Sunday I'm going to go out and shoot my project, or I'm going to go out and do something with my project. Maybe it's planning ahead and coming up with some ideas, things like that. But if you don't have the passion, you're not going to do it. So don't pick something you're not passionate about. And it's going to be a commitment. You're going to need to take that time. And it might be two, it doesn't need to be 20 hours a week. I'm going to do this project. It could be an hour on a Sunday or a Saturday or hour each day. And that commitment doesn't have to be actually shooting. It could be planning. Planning is a very big part of a couple projects I have. Um, I'll also talk about Pop 500, which is a newer project I'm working on. Pop 500 and Harvesting the Heartland are both very labor-intensive projects of planning. You know, if I go in project where I have the highest planning is Harvesting the Heartland, there's lots of outreach. I'm talking to people before and contacts through Facebook and email and phone calls and pitching the project and giving them the idea for them to go back to their family and talk to them and see if they want to do it. And then there's questions that come back and then there's meetings to set up to kind of personally introduce Brenda and I to the project, um, you know, to the families. And then I got to go once we're done there, if they decide to, you know, work with us and be a part of the project, then there's when do we come to do the interview and when do we come to do the photos? And it's very labor intensive. And another little tip I would say is find someone you can keep you on track. Of all my projects, I'm the one that keeps me on track outside of harvesting the heartland. If I did not have Brenda, oh my God, I would be one hot mess. Brenda's an awesome behind the scenes person with me who reaches out to a lot of people, sets things up, comes with me, does all the recording, transcribes. She makes my life a blessing for my project. So maybe your project is going to be more labor intensive, but find somebody who's just as passionate. And I can't say anything about it bad about Brenda and her passion for the project as well for harvesting the heartland. So find that person who can keep you on track. Even if let's say you're going to photograph that red barn to create that book or that calendar for your family at Christmas, find a friend that you can talk to the project, bounce ideas ideas off of. Maybe even not a photographer friend. Maybe it's a friend that's a painter or something. Somebody that looks at creativity differently or even somebody who's not creative at all and bounce those ideas off them and say, what do you think of this? Or I thought about doing this because another second set of eyes and hopefully that second set of eyes is going to come back and say, hey, Justin, I haven't seen you do anything on your project. So they kind of keep you on track. And that's not a bad thing because we all get busy in life and things kind of come and go. And as that happens, things get pushed to the wayside, you know, but there's always something you can be planning. And just remember, planning is going to be important. Commit that time. Passion, I think, is no matter what you do in photography, if you don't have a passion, it's going to show. So let's get a little bit more into planning your project. I kind of look at my three projects a little differently. Maybe you need to set a length of time. I'm a very last minute person sometimes that I work under pressure, I feel like, a lot better. If I have six months to get XYZ done, I put it off. I've looked at my projects as short-term projects, long-term, and kind of open-ended. My ICM project is pretty much the open-ended one. I don't really have an end date. I'm never probably going to stop creating abstract landscape images, but that's something I'm always going to be working on. 
you know, I might someday come up with a book or maybe a calendar of just those type of images or some different way to share them. So that's my open-ended project. And that's okay. If you don't have an end date, maybe it's something you're going to continually work on. You know, you might even have a short-term project. Let's say a few months or six months out of the year. That's your your goal. I'm going to say by six months from today's date, I'm going to have my project where I'm working with my flash done and completed. I've got my learning goal set up of you know, learning my flash, it's plenty of time to learn it. Then find that tangible piece that you're going to work with in your project, whether it's a book or maybe it's just making 10 prints to hang on your wall. Because I will tell you, I don't feel like we print enough as photographers anymore. It's all digital. We put it on our Facebook or we text it to a friend or post it on a website for harvesting the heartland. Um, I invested in a Canon printer. Once a quarter, I meet with several photographers and we have this really fun get together and you're required to bring prints. And that makes me print my newest and latest work. So I get to share it, but it's tangible. I have 20 or 30 prints laying around. I can put those in frames, hang them on the wall. So I'm always creating something. Plus it gets my passion back for certain things. Maybe I've lost. I really love to print and work that whole process from beginning to end. Organization. You know, be organized because with Harvesting the Heartland, if I didn't have Brenda or I wasn't organized, it, it would be not a very successful project because there's just so many moving parts to it. And look at things too, like gear involved or, you know, Harvesting the Heartland. I don't know what I'm always running up against um, when we get to the actual shooting portion. I have photographed in barns that are pitch black. I have photographed outside because I'm at the mercy of people's schedule and that's okay because that's what I, I want to be open with them and say, Hey guys, this is all about you. I'm not going to be like, well, the best time is, you know, eight to 10 AM and say four to eight. Those are the times that I want to be there. But with the people I'm working in this project, this is a full-time job. It's a living. I'm okay to be at their schedule. So I have a lot of gear involved. I take everything from literally every lens that I own, every studio light. I own two studio lights that are portable for on-location shooting. I take those. I take reflectors. I take every softbox that I own. My car gets really full really fast, but I want to be ready for whatever I'm going to come up against. Example for being one of the shoots. um, I have a really good friend, Amanda. I photographed her dad and mom as a part of the project. And when we got there, it's a four hour jaunt to Western Iowa. And when we got there, it was really harsh, hot, sunny day. Well, I don't want to go out in the harsh light. We had to find the shadow in a grain bin and shoot from there. Well, then I was getting shadow. So I had to have that studio light. I'd rather have too much gear than not enough. So for me, I pack pretty heavy. Now, let's say the ICM project. That I I can take one or two lenses for that project. Very little minimal gear. It's all natural light, no artificial light. It's landscape. I can go out when I want, not at the mercy of anybody else. If I get a little boost of creativity and grab my gear, it's always ready to go run out the door. Um, Another project that I should probably talk about a little bit that involves some more of the organization planning, but not much of the gear is Pop 500. I think I mentioned that um, earlier on in episode two, but this is a project where I wanted something I could work on whenever I wanted to, no strings attached that would get me out more. I'm kind of like a, what do I want to say? Like some types of animals only go from like, you know, they have a, a area that they roam and they don't go outside it. I get that way with my photography. I don't get out very often beyond say 50 miles of Cedar Rapids or maybe a hundred miles. So I created pop 500 and the whole point behind pop 500 was I love 
Iowa, the agricultural side, the rural community, the small town feel. And so many people miss that. You know, we recently went back home last weekend. I grew up in Western Iowa to get some headshots down in Omaha. And I remember when Highway 30 was straight two lane all the way across the state. Now it's like four lanes. I don't get to drive through Tama anymore. It's everything is bypassed. And I always thought it was so cool. You get to see all these small towns, all the time in the past that's been left behind by previous generations. So Pop 500 gave me a time to travel to these small towns and photograph them. And I really want to do a book of these images. And I've kind of got my planning to the point on Pop 500 where almost all the images are going to be shot in square. It'll be a square format image to a nice square book. I mean, I it's going to be a hardcover, maybe a desk jacket kind of book, something a little higher end coffee table book. That's what I want to do. But what I love is I'm photographing towns of 500 or less. So I had to do a lot of research, a lot of Excel spreadsheets, dwindling things down. I've even gone to the point now where I've created a map in Photoshop that I've gone to every county in Iowa, all 99, I've counted how many small towns are 500 or less. And I got a number. It's nine or two or one, whatever, however many are in that uh, county. Well, then last summer, I bet you I put... 3,500 miles on my car just driving. And, you know, I would go to four or five counties in a weekend. And some of those were complete and utter failures. There's not, I'm not going to say there's every small town is going to have something to photograph, but a lot of them do. As you're planning your project, sometimes you might have that end result completely figured out, like I do with Pop 500. Or you could be like my ICM project where it's open ended. I don't have a real set end date, an idea of what I'm going to do with the images. But then there's harvesting the heartland that I'm about 90% way there. I know what we need to do to accomplish the project and complete it. And that's wonderful. It doesn't have to all be set out. So as I'm going through this as well is what are some of the things that I've learned with doing these personal projects? You can be creative. That's what I love about it. And what I've also learned is things can change. Like harvesting the heartland was very, we were going to meet the family, do the interview, come back later, do the photographs, that kind of thing. It's kind of evolved to where we're looking at doing almost everything in one day. We're not taking up two days of their time. You know, the photo shoots can vary for, I've done a quick 40 minute one. I've done a complete four or five hour one, depending on, you know, how engaged we are photographing. And the other thing I love it is there really are no strings attached. I'm doing this for myself in the end. If I have to take a break from something, that's okay. I'm not on a deadline for a client. I'm not on a deadline for an editor. And the other thing is failure is okay. You are going to fail. And if you've been doing this long enough into photography, whether you're dabbling in it or really been doing it for a long time, you're going to fail. You know that is it's they say failure is not an option well it is an option here with project or your photography in general because when we fail we learn hopefully the next time you're like "Eh, i screwed that up that last time but now we've created a solution or figured out a solution to that issue previously and the other great thing is with my projects is i'm constantly learning i'm learning to be better organized or even with say harvesting the heartland they don't really pose the farm families they kind of do it themselves to keep that natural feel 
And for me, sometimes I have to tweak it a little bit and say, hey, can you do this? I am not a portrait person, really. So the Harvesting the Heartland project has really put me outside of my comfort zone. And it can do the same for you, and that's okay. Because I feel like when we're uncomfortable, we're learning. It might be stressful, but your project doesn't have to be stressful. It may give you that anxiety, but when you, I feel like when I'm in that mode, I'm learning. And when I learn, that's wonderful. So it's one of those things is just remember, you know, you can be creative. There's going to be no strings attached. Failure is a-okay. Keep learning. You're always going to be learning. And that's what I love about the personal projects. And if you're kind of in that realm of, I don't know what to do a project on. I've got a good friend who's done a 365 project, photographed one thing every day for a year. I cannot do that. I am not that dedicated. I I just, not enough time. But maybe it's picking, let's say one day a week. Just randomly pull out a color, a word, a phrase. Put it on the calendar. Say every Wednesday, first Wednesday, like how I feel. Maybe you're feeling great. You know, maybe do that great feeling in a portrait of yourself. Or maybe next week you're going to, the following Wednesday, you're going to photograph the color blue. Could it be a blue ball? Could it be a blue sky? It don't matter. It can be totally open-ended to leave that viewer in the end thinking about your project, you know, or that image of what were they trying to convey? There's a plenty of things. Just type in, you know, go out to Google and do personal photography project or things to photograph and, and just kind of start brainstorming. And you might be driving down the road, man. That's what happened to me one day. I, I'm a frequent flyer of the same areas a lot when I photograph um, my subjects. And I was just, I was couldn't find any landscapes. So when I can't find landscapes, I start finding towns. And I was in the middle of shooting and I was like, boom why don't you photograph Iowa towns? Wouldn't that be great? And I'm like, whoa, wish I would have thought of that sooner. You might, it might just come to you one day that you are going to photograph X, Y, Z, or maybe you've got that favorite family pet or even your kids, you know, finding a day where every Monday I'm going to photograph my children or a family member. Maybe it's working on portraits. So there's just so much stuff you're going to be looking at and trying to figure out. And that's, I think, the cool thing with personal projects. So we kind of get to the end of this whole thing. I kind of want to go to more detail on the three projects, my ICM Pop 500 and Harvesting the Heartland Stories of the Iowa Farmer, dig into the whys, and which I've kind of touched on briefly, and why I do them. The ICM project. That was one where the reason I started that as a project was I was tired of chasing sharp images and and trying to conform to what photographers or other creatives think I should do as a photographer. And they're like, oh, you're a landscape photographer. Yeah. So your photos should be tack sharp and you should be going off to these long journeys to Iceland and national parks. And I'm not, I don't do that. I mean, I go to national parks, but I don't travel thousands of miles. And I was kind of in a, I don't know, in a bad headspace at the time anyway, and not hating photography, but I unfollowed a lot of photographers and unfollowed a lot of creatives because I felt like everybody was in this. We got to make sharp images. We must do this. And if I'm not the next Annie Leibovitz and I don't have the sharpness of photographer A, B, and C, then I'm not this and I'm not that. And I thought, you know, that's such a detrimental, that's the right word, kind of negative thing. So it was kind of like a rebellion project for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show these people. Yeah, I'm going to take that $3,300 D850 that produces beautiful images 
And then I'm going to take this awesome Tamron 70 to 200 28 G2 that everybody lusts of sharpness. And you know what? I'm going to take those two things. I'm going to marry them up and I'm just going to not use the tripod and I'm going to swing that puppy around at a half a second and I'm going to blur the crap out of things. You know, it was a freeing experience. I wasn't held down. I got to experiment. I was like, I wonder what happens if I move the camera in a figure eight or a vertical position, you know, or catty corner top to, you know, top right to bottom left or whatever. I could be creative. There was no one telling me that I had to do it a certain way. That's what I love about ICM. And if you're not familiar with ICM, uh, go out and Google intentional camera movement. It's a really cool technique. It, I think it can really break you out. I did a free webinar uh, over the last summer um, of it. And I, a lot of people found it interesting and it was great to hear feedback. It was like, Justin, that's so cool. I've never thought about it. So that's even something you can try. Find a project to be creative with. So pop 500, like I said, that was an epiphany. That was something I've always was doing, photographing small towns. Um, I grew up in Dunlap, thousand people or less, great place to be. But I grew up a lot of time on my grandparents' farm um, outside of Pisgah, Iowa. And if you've ever been over in the Lust Hills area, it's kind of the heart of the hills um, for Harrison County and Monona County area. Grew up in Western Iowa, you've heard of Old Home Bread. And back in the, I don't know, 70s, Old Home Bread shot all their commercials in Pisgah with uh, Mavis and the truck driver and the dog. And it just had this small town feel. And, and it does because it's super small. That's what I wanted to show other people because I've come to find out, I mean, I've been in Cedar Rapids since 2006. And with that, people don't always understand, you know, I've always grew up. I mean, I just assumed when you're from Iowa, I mean, you know, we raise farm products and there's farmers, and but I didn't realize how many people were kind of like out of touch with outside their bubble. So I wanted to start doing something to show people this different way of Iowa because, I mean, there's very small towns outside of Cedar Rapids within a 20-minute drive. People don't go out there. So that's what Pop 500 did for was that epiphany of why don't I in some way bring this outside world, as I should call it, to the rest of the world. And every project is going to start from, I think, from an emotion or a memory. And that's what Pop 500 is for me. It's a memory. A lot has changed where my dad grew up. You know, a lot of the buildings that were there are no longer there. It's changed. And I briefly touched on the old, you know, commercials of Old Home Bread and Keep On Trucking Cafe there in Pisgah and Mavis and all that stuff. It was created in these commercials. And, you know, I've watched a lot of those old commercials online. And that's how I felt Pisgah always was. And that's what I wanted to bring to the rest of the world. I remember growing up and going to that cafe and getting a hot beef and sitting down with my grandparents. So that project is really just like a lot of memories for me. And that might be another tip for you too, is maybe pick a project off of memory. But I've gotten to go to so many cool little towns in Iowa. Zwiggle, Iowa. Google that one. Wasn't a lot there, but there was a pretty cool old truck that I found. Um, some of these towns might be four people or five people. Um, Zwiggle stands out in my mind. I mean, I spent last summer a weekend south of Des Moines. I even got to go to the, I even found the original Hy-Vee store. Um, if you're familiar with Hy-Vee's um, in the Midwest, the grocery chain, it was just kind of a cool thing. It was kind of a history thing. But also, I think if I can't remember the town of where the original Hy-Vee was from, but I think it was also like either the first female astronaut or there was an astronaut that grew up, you know, in this town too, if I remember right. I may be getting my town switched around, but I've got, I photographed old abandoned banks, doors, windows on old buildings, you know, 
it's a little leery to get out there sometimes. Some of these small towns are so small, everyone knows everybody, and then you're the weird guy who's hanging out 6 a.m. when everybody else is asleep on a Saturday morning, you know, and I'm from Lynn County and I'm 300 miles away. But even the other thing I should talk about too with my Pop 500 project is I've gone out on an entire weekend, been to literally 14 towns, and I don't bring a single image back. Is that defeat for me? Yes, it is. That's how I feel. But when I get out and just cruise the Iowa gravel roads at 25, 30 miles an hour, I love, nothing gets me more excited when I'm driving down a two-lane highway, it's no passing lane all the way down, and I see grass growing in the cracks of the highway. That is truly rural Iowa. And I've got to experience so much cool stuff, run into some people, many asking what I do, think it's kind of weird, but It's just so cool to get out and explore. And that's what Pop 500 has done for me. It's been that opening where I feel, you know, kind of relieved. I wrote in a blog post probably, I don't know, last few months ago, a couple years ago, um, I finally decided to, you know, reach out and get some help. Not in the greatest mindset in life and things weren't exciting and I was losing passion for photography, but I would grab my cameras and I was in that rut, but I would go out and I just hit the roads and it was kind of like that freeing experience. And I think just getting out and explore. So if you're not winning in your project, that's fine. There's going to be losses. So let's, as we finish up here, talk about harvesting the heartland stories of the Iowa farmer. This is probably a project that has been a roller coaster. It was something I was going to do. It started out with, I did a photo workshop with Linaria Photo Club several years ago. We brought in a big speaker. Um, now I got to remember his name. He photographed ranchers. Tyler Stableford is his name. I told you I'd remember it. And I did a workshop with him and he gave me that passion to kind of get into portraits. I mean, I've done some portraits, but I don't get passionate about senior portraits, things like that. Kind of a funny backstory that I think I've always had this idea bouncing around in this creative brain. I recently found a notebook that I, I don't know how it has followed me from high school day through college and the apartments that I lived in all the way to us purchasing our first home. I was, I pulled it off the shelf one day and I'm flipping through. I'm like, wow, this has got like notes from when I was in Alaska for a couple months. That was awesome. It was just kind of a reflection thing. And it was just kind of me planning some stuff out. And there was a line in there that said farmer portraits. So you may not know that you've got a project ID in your brain and it's been there for a while. And it was just great to go back and say, maybe I've had this project for a while. So Harvesting the Heartland, you know, I said, I did that class with Tyler. Give me some passion to maybe do it. So one day, I don't know, I got bored. I was laying in bed. It's like nine o'clock at night. What do I do? And I thought, well, I'm just going to throw out on my Facebook page, you know, know a farmer. Let's tell their story. Thought nothing of it. Kind of gave a quick idea. I didn't even know what I was going to do, really. I'm really good at that. I jumped the gun. I'll throw something out there with having no plan or no nothing of what's going to happen because I expected no one to be interested or passionate about it. I woke up the next morning to several text messages, Facebook messages saying, oh my God, this is such a cool project. How can we be a part of it? And then I really quickly had to figure out, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And I wanted to tell their story in written format. And that's where Brenda comes along. Brenda posts on Facebook and says, Justin, I kind of like to write. And I thought, wow, I really need a you know, another person. And Brenda's another photographer. And I thought, wow, why not? She seemed very passionate. And from there we met, I kind of told her my ideas. She always has ideas. 
and it blossomed into, I think we're up to six or so farmers we did last summer. We had dairy farmers and crop farmers and, and get to meet all these fun families. And I thought it was going to be very simple where we'd show up, talk to some people. Yeah, let's do it. But we've been to places where the families show up when we pitch the project. So it's more than one person, you know. And it sits, it kind of, again, when I talked about Pop 500 being kind of based off some of my memories growing up, Heartland is kind of the same thing. I remember growing up, my grandparents owned a farm. Um, and what I loved about it is I learned to drive a tractor before I could throw hay. And I remember my aunt, uncle, family would come to the farm. My parents, we'd throw hay. We'd all be in the kitchen of my grandparents' house. And we'd throw hay, do all this stuff. And that's what harvesting the Heartland is when I go to some of these um, houses is there's lots of families that are here and we've had comments of like we've never heard mom and dad talk about those stories we didn't even know this happened that happened so this is a project that just kind of blossoms and keeps blossoming and we were on such a roll last year and then as we all know nasty covid decided to pop its evil rear its head of march last year and we had to put it on hold and that's where Pop 500 came out. I was so passionate about harvesting the heartland that it was like I was taken away from me. I couldn't do it anymore to be safe for families because I care. A lot of these families have become more than a partner in the project. They've become friends. What happened is that was all taken away from us. We couldn't do it anymore. So Pop 500, I'm not dealing with people or anything. So that's where that one. So sometimes your project may blossom into other things that roll and roll over into another project. But kind of going back to harvesting the heartland, like I said, it was all taken away. I couldn't do it. And I felt like it took out that, that role we were on. Um, and I lost it. So this year we're trying to get back into that. I got a few people interested, not as much, but it is. It's, it's a project that um, if you're more interested in learning about it some more, um, go out to thefarmerproject.com. We also have a Facebook page, Harvesting the Heartland, Stories of the Iowa Farmer. Those are both places um, you can get some information. If you know people that'd be interested in doing it, let me know. Uh, shoot me an email at justin at tedfordphoto.com and I'd love to talk about it. Get some more families in. You know, this is going to be a project where Brenda hates it, but I say book and I'm going to do a book eventually of it because I think that's the quickest way to get this out there. But the project also started out with planning for an art show as I shouldn't say art show, a gallery showing. I've got so many ideas, places. So we're going to do a, a big photo and maybe some smaller portraits around it. And we're going to have the photo printed out on the wall or sorry, the story of the family, because I want this to be intimate of where we do this show for people to come up and read it and go from there and really get to know these families through photographs and stories. So again, it's a project that I'm very passionate about that I love it when other people are super passionate. So as we wrap things up here, thank you for listening to episode three. It was enjoyed to record. I hope you enjoyed it as well. If you guys need some help getting that project off the ground, shoot me an email, justin at tedfordphoto.com or head on over to Facebook to Justin Tedford Photography and find me there. I got a great and exciting announcement. March 26th, I am going Facebook Live with Trent Fultz of Trent Fultz Photography. And him and I are going to have a great evening jam-packed full of great information on how him and I both create our photographs of the Midwest. So tune in for that. That is going to be the fourth Friday of every month. So I'm going to have some great guests. I've also got several amazing guests, hopefully here, uh, lined up soon for some 
interviews on here on Shutter Talk. So I've got some inspirational guests coming on. A guest going to talk about strobe photography. I always know that's a big thing. A guy was going to talk about commercial photography and his years in the industry. So I've got a lot of great guests lined up. So if you're enjoying Shutter Talk, head on out wherever you're finding this podcast. Leave a review. Give me a few stars. I would love it. Have a wonderful day. That's this week's episode of Shutter Talk. Don't forget to join us for another episode. Thanks for listening.